Today we've got Vincent, the Irie Don Macintosh, owner and operator of the Irie Kitchen, one of the friends of the show. And uh, we had him on the show because having gotten to know him from the times that I've gone in now, I was like, man, this is a really interesting guy. There's no reason he shouldn't be on the show and tons of reasons why he should. So that's who we've got on the show today. But before we get to that interview, let me tell you a little bit about the Irie Kitchen and some of our other friends. Rivertown Adventures goes back to the first episode of this show with Paul Brogan. Rivertown Adventures is the most fun you're going to have outdoors in Lansing. You can get a kayak, a canoe, tandem kayak, stand-up paddleboard. It's great. Please go check them out. Rivertownadventures.com. Live free. Go paddle. Another friend of the show is Baby Farm Soaps. You're only going to find them on Facebook. Baby Farm Soaps. They've got stuff for your skin, stuff for your beard, stuff for your hair, uh, well, I was going to say stuff for your skin again because, well, they've got lotions, they've got sunscreens, they've got all kinds of stuff. Beard balms for me. Of course, they're soaps. Can't beat the soaps. Lasts a long time, looks cool, smells good, made with all organic ingredients right in Berea, Kentucky. So go check out Baby Farm Soaps and get some of that stuff. show is also made possible in huge part to the team over at Hey Guys Media Group at heyguysmediagroup.com. You can go check them out and find out what kind of services they offer to help people who want to have a podcast, want it to look good, want it to sound good, more importantly, always want it to sound good. These guys have tools, they have knowledge, and they can help you get your podcast started, and they can also train you along the way so you don't always need them, or if you're the kind of person who just says, no, I I just want to focus on talking into the microphone, and I want to have a professional team that does all the other technical stuff. They'll do that too. HeyGuysMediaGroup.com. Let them help you make your podcast. And then, of course, the Irie Kitchen, which I'm not going to say too much about him now because I talk about, uh, I talk not about, I talk to the guy, the Irie Don himself, Vince McIntosh, in this interview. So let's get to that. I'll set it up just a little bit here. Vince started this restaurant when he was 19. His parents are from Jamaica, and they didn't even meet in Jamaica. They actually met in England and came here and, and had Vince, and thank goodness for all of those things to transpire because now we have the Irie Kitchen in Grand Rapids, which is the, it, it's my favorite restaurant, but it's by far the best organic Caribbean street food I've ever had, hands down. So uh, yeah, enough. Let's get to the guy who brings us all that good stuff. See you on the other side of this. Here is... Vincent McIntosh from the Irie Kitchen. But you, uh, you said you wanted to back it up before that, before the restaurant. So let's take it back to uh, your, uh, what are we looking at here? Mid-teens, late teens, when you're deciding kind of what your vision is going, uh, going forth after high school? Okay, so yeah, so you already got the beginning part. So when I when I was saying I wanted to do 250 restaurants, I was like six, seven years old. So <laughs> I've always been one of those kids that, you know, a little awkward, a little weird, you know. Other, well, just other kids just to have a games. laser vision and not it be like, I want to be a musician or an athlete, because a lot of kids say they want to be that kind of thing. But yeah. like, that's pretty specific yeah. to be like, I'd like to own 250 restaurants. Yeah, I was like, yeah, you know what? I was because I remember just being a kid and I was so fascinated with business. Just like the idea of business, the idea of making money just yeah. fascinated me. And so I was just into that, right? But I also love to eat. I always <laughs> tell people, I'm like, I'm very simple. You know, it's cars, business, and food. And that's where I play. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. And everything else is great, but I don't really know anything about that. Nothing else to my personality 
is more than outside of that, but um, uh, that realm. And so, you know, in my early teens, the funniest thing is, you know, I, in my early teens, I didn't want to do anything with food. <laughs> really? I was like, not, yeah, I was just kind of like, mm, well, you come from a food a family chef. where you just like, had you had enough of that and you were looking for something different? Yeah. I was just, I was just like, you know what? Like I'm not doing food. I remember like having that conversation with myself. Like, I don't want to do food stuff, but like, you know, I loved eating food, which was big in my family. And so I didn't, you know, I, I, uh, played a lot of different games, you know, just different business ideas and try different yeah. things. Right. But I actually, you know, like I said, I come from a foreign family, so I had to pick a, I had to pick a college I was going to go to. Mm. Let me tell you how bullish I was on just being an entrepreneur. I didn't have a favorite college. I didn't apply for any colleges. I thought as soon as high school was over, I was done. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> like in my brain, you know, I did my time, you know, like I, I'm out of jail. I'm free. You know, did you, my mom did you do that place. time well though? Like, were were you pretty, uh, pretty good student? You just kind of like do enough Fuck. to get by. Fuck no. <laughs> I graduated with a one point seven GPA. <laughs> oh, man, that's right in yeah. my ballpark. I barely, barely managed like a two point zero one. Yeah, so you were better than barely. Like, but they gave me. Know, they I, let I, me I, take like two gym classes my senior year to boost it up a little bit. To boost it up a little bit. <laughs> <laughs> They, uh, yeah, it was, you know, I, I, I hated school, man. Me too. School, I, you know, I love communicating with people. I, I love making friends, you know, that aspect of it. But um, school was just, I didn't see the point. And, you know, when you, teachers are seeing 100 kids a day, right? And yeah. so, you know, teachers kind of have a rule of thumb, like, you know, it's easier to teach and coach the kids that get it and are already, like, moving on. Right. It's harder to like really help the problem kids. Right. And that's not teacher's fault. That's just the nature of the school system. So, yeah, I was kind of like, but remember, in my brain, fuck school. I'm going to go make billions. Right. Right. Like I was not even like thinking about college or any of that. Um, but my mom had other plans. My Jamaican mom had other plans for that. And so <laughs> it was super funny. I ended up flipping a quarter. I was like, heads, I'll go to culinary school and tails. You know, I'll go to G- GRCC or something and just, like, appease my mom. And I landed on heads. And so I went up to Traverse City and did a semester or a semester and a half of culinary school. And I was, like, great people, you know, shout, shout out to them. Like, it was such a great experience. But I was like, fuck this. I can't do school, bro. Like, yeah. And at that point, I was, you know, 17, 18. And so after that, kind of dropped out but the great the greatest thing about going to culinary school we did a um we did a restaurant build out class you build your dream restaurant it was like a business class oh that's and cool. that's where i came up with, I, that's where i came up with ivory kitchen huh. like and that and that was my sign of dropping out of school i was like nope i have the restaurant i want to build i and and i remember getting a b plus on it like the, i got a b plus on that project and that's all that's all the data i needed i was like, i got a b plus to me that that was you know that was that was an a plus plus right yeah. so i was like yo i'm gonna make it i'm gonna kill it and from there i started the journey of doing a Irie kitchen you know a jamaican street food restaurant um that was going to be a family business and yeah. so to, to answer your question oh, go ahead no no i, w- I was getting kind of lost in everything you were saying because i've talked to a lot of people who say the same thing about you know school where they were like man if i could just get all the work done that they wanted me to get done in like one day and then 
go play golf or like get a job on the side, like just something else instead of just sitting in that chair all day long being like, you need to know about the battle of 1812. Yeah. Do I? Like, <laughs> like, do I really? Yeah. I, I remember telling teachers like, yo, if you do this for in 15 minutes, every class is 15 minutes, I'll be a four point off student. Yeah. That'll save you time. You're just going through what you need to know. Yeah. Right? So I see like an intro for five, seven minutes, a, you know, general thesis of what you're going to learn in this class. And then the rest of it is like, this is what you need to know. And this is your homework on it. Go self-learn, whatever. I would be a 4.0 student. Dude, you would have loved right? me when I was teaching because that was what I tried to do. <laughs> I taught it. Uh, well, it's not there anymore, but it was middle school over there, um, mm-hmm. kind of by Beltline Bar. Um, <clears throat> and <laughs> I learned very quickly that uh, one student straight up said, mister, you talk too much. And I was like, all right, I'll tell you what, if you guys can be like real cool and listen for like five to 10 minutes, that's all I'll talk the entire time. And they were like, deal. Yeah. And we cruised through that year, man. <laughs> I was like, I'll get all this information as quickly to you as I can. And then from that point on, I'm just here for questions and to make sure you guys are staying on track. Exactly. I bet, and I bet your kids do well with that model. They actually did so well that the other teachers like refused to like congratulate me. They were like, there must be some flaw in the standardized testing system that nobody can get. (laughs) Nobody can average a year and a half's growth in half a year across an entire grade. That that's just a flaw in the test. I was like, Oh, thanks guys. You like, no, there's no flaw in the test. No, it's because I'm (laughs) the only classroom that isn't like, shut up and listen, shut up and listen, shut up and listen, shut up and listen. 45 minutes of, Okay, then. Then you want to do that. Yeah. It's like, yo, yeah, 45 so, minutes of like... You'd have teachers or parapros that would just pull it, like, stand right up in front of a kid like, you want to go to war with me? Huh? You want to? You want to right now? You want to yeah. do that? And I'm like, what's what's happening in that classroom right now? Nothing. Nothing's happening in that classroom Nothing. except everyone in that classroom is like, man, fuck this guy. Yeah, fuck this guy, bro. Like, what's his goddamn issue, right? But, you know... <laughs> One day they'll figure out the school system. Maybe I'll, maybe I'll fix it. I'll be like, all right, I'm going to build a school. <laughs> exactly what you're saying. You yeah, know, culinary five, school for, minutes, for get... teens or something like that. Get all your schoolwork done in the morning and the afternoon we'll cook. Literally. And I, we'll, we'll, we'll give you something. We'll actually learn, not memorize, right? Mm-hmm. And so, yeah, so, so recipes, right? You know, these are all my family recipes. Right, like, sorry. Food, like, the original recipe. question was what – what came first, the recipes or the, the restaurant? Yeah. Yeah. And so, you know, the recipes, right? And then the restaurant came. Uh, but we, you know, what we had to do is we had to learn how to modify our food for Grand Rapids. Yeah. <laughs> Which is, uh, you had to kind of like white it down Michigan. a little bit. Yeah. White it up a lot. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? So it was just kind of like, uh, that was an overall experience to do too, yeah. right? Because you're like, well, because at first you're like, well, this is my culture. I want to teach people this culture. You know, we, I remember our first day we opened up. Everyone's like, yo, this is great, but this is way too hot. Or like, or this is great, but there's too many bones in the go. You know, and it's just like, okay, you know, people just are not culture diverse here. And you can't yeah. be mad at them for that. This is an opportunity for education. And so for, to be honest, a lot, and education doesn't stop here. So for the last two, three years, we've just been educating and really bringing people in. And really this year, we've been really focusing, okay, like our core customer, most people understand now what Jamaican food is. Now let's start being creative. Now let's start playing around. Because that's 
like that's like who I am. As much as I'm Bob Marley, I'm Jay Z at the same time. Like I, I am a mix, and so it's like I love my culture, but you know I'm gonna make a chicken sandwich, which is fire, by the way. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. That's well. That's funny you say that about Bob Marley too, because that dude was uh, he was a pretty anti-establishment guy too, who just you know he wanted to do things his way. Uh, like mm-hmm. I didn't even know, man. Um, I got really into some of their early stuff, and when they were on. Um, they had this song called if you are the big tree we are the small axe i don't know if you ever heard that song before mm-hmm. but that song mm-hmm. was about the record label that they were on was called big tree and they're like all right well you think you're this big thing we're gonna come through do things our way and take you right out of the picture so exactly. bob marley was pretty gangster people don't give him credit for that he was. he was all like he's all about peace and love but he was also like you know what i'm gonna do this my way and screw you if you don't like it yeah he he was he was peace and love but in a hard way man and, <laughs> yeah and he did it in such a beautiful way you know and, and that's that's why he was such a powerhouse yeah yeah because you know yeah it was, like, it was more Soldier, than the music like his music's his, great yeah but like i mean there's a yeah. lot of great jamaican music there's a reason why he stands out though yeah no he yeah. He, he was he's bob marley <laughs> like you know like he is who he is like he is the goat you know yeah. what i'm saying like you think about his influence he had back in those times with like no internet, you really think about, you know. Yeah, it's crazy really that somebody accomplish. can explode from some little island where really no music is, not that no music is coming from, but like internationally no music is coming from. And then to just explode. Yeah, you know, load. yeah the, and Jamaica, Jamaicans have so much influence in music, it's crazy. Like, there's so many artists that are Jamaican or have Jamaican heritage. And it's, you know, music is part of us as well. You know what I'm saying? And it's, it's crazy. Because it's, it's till this day such a small island, and you'd be surprised like how much like people are like writing. It's just like this is crazy, yeah. like you know how much talent can come out of one place, you know. Right. Um, but you know, Jamaica is a melting pot. You know, it's out of Mars, you know, out of many one people. And that's true. Mm-hmm. So it's like it's a culture hub. Everything is culture. Yeah. So yeah. So, um, I know that people ask you this a lot. Just. Tell people who are listening, what does Irie mean? Yeah, so, I mean, you know, the exact definition, I think, means pleasant and good. Okay. And so Irie is, like, kind of like a saying, right? And so you yeah. might say, well, I'll go on. And, it, and they'll say, everything Irie, right? Everything's good, right? Yeah. And so that's kind of what Irie means to me. It's like everything's good here. We do good food. We have a good culture, good music, all peace and love, you know not into drama we're just you know we're just like a good vibe we're trying to put out we're trying to put out good vibes you know and so you know that's what Irie means to me and that's what kind of what Irie kitchen is like literally the literal translation is like good kitchen good food did that name come pretty easy or did you guys kind of juggle some around before you settled on it oh yeah my family everyone hated that name um they're like that's stupid (laughs) like yeah they're like gotta put caribbean gotta put jamaican and you know, they, you know, in a lot of senses, they were right, right? Like, you should, for this market, label what you were. But I had much bigger visions and plans for Ivy Kitchen. Yeah. You know, I was not trying to just be a West Michigan local restaurant. Um, and so, you know, I had to think about, which is really hard to do. When people are like, people you love and trust are, you know, not agreeing with you, it's really hard to um Stay course, right? Stay on the course and like say, no, it's, it's going to be this. Just believe, like, it, yep, just believe me, right? Yeah. Um, 
But I, I just have such a big vision for Ivory Kitchen and Ivory Brands. And so I needed to brand Ivory. I needed to know that when you look at me, I am Ivory and my family, we are Ivory. And we get to own that. We get to, you know, take our culture and we appropriate it ourselves and we get paid off it. Right. Because nice. um, that is the game of capitalism. And so um, I'd rather do that than just be like Vincent's Jamaican Shack. And yeah, maybe it could still grow, but I feel like it doesn't mean as much um, as Ivory Kitchen does. All right, man. You know, I heard you talk about this on, uh, what's that dude's name? Kirk Ross's podcast, right? Yeah, shout out to Kirk. Yeah. That was a talk, really good a interview. Talk in the Attic, yeah. Yeah. A Talk in the Attic. Yeah. On there, let's see. Oh, shoot. I would get so lost in trying to remember the name of the thing. What were we just talking about? <laughs> Oh, um, I don't know. I lost, I'm lost too. I think we're, ta- I think oh, we're no, talking. Oh no, no, about Kirk. No, yeah, yeah, yeah. You guys were talking about like capitalism and the way the way that works, and you get a lot of people now who are mad at capitalism just because like there's all these big companies that are you know the CEO is earning a thousand times more than the average employee, and that's kind of bullshit, whatever. But yeah. people get mad at capitalism and then they don't fully embrace it, and there's a lot of people in not really any one specific community even that are just like, you know, it's better to just get a job somewhere that's really stable and has good benefits. And, you know, hopefully, Mm -hmm. you know, you can do good there and get promoted or find a better job, but you know, just suck it up. Like, um, and I feel like that's really unhealthy. And I feel like it's also kind of killing the sense of community within our communities. Cause like, obviously we all still have communities, but like when all you have in your community is, a Starbucks and, uh, and nothing against people who own Starbucks in my community, but yeah. you know what I mean? Where it's just like big chain after big chain after big chain. And there's no sense of like, Oh yeah, the guy in my neighborhood owns a grocery store or the guy in my neighborhood owns. I actually do have a guy in my neighborhood who owns a little ice cream store. And I think that's cool because you don't know mm-hmm. who these people are. You know, it's all just somebody promoting some big name with no face to it. Um, I don't mm-hmm. know. You have any thoughts on like, community being affected by business ownership or lack of business ownership rather? Yeah. I mean, there's like corporate, right. There's big business and there's, and there's capitalism, which, you know, and I always tell people I'm a capitalist, right. And you know, I'm foreign and you'll get some and people so, like, Ooh, capitalism's evil. You son of a bitch. Yeah. And like <laughs> people hate it, which, which I understand. And like, you know, I always tell people like, you know, when you talk to foreign people, we're only in America for one reason. Right. <laughs> for a better life, for opportunity. And I think yeah. a lot of people who say fuck capitalism, a lot of times are like privileged Americans. Mm-hmm. Right. I'm, I'm not going to race this privileged Americans, period. No, sure. I yeah. don't understand the other side. And so it's like, no, no, no. Like, you can complain about it because you have an opportunity to change it or do what you want. Mm-hmm. There's places in the world where that there is no opportunity. So it's like if you weren't born on this side of the street, literally, and if you weren't part of this family, that you're you're destined to be poor, and there's no way you can climb your way out the top. In America, at least, and can America be better? A hundred percent. At least you can start a little ice cream shop, and that can turn to ben, ben and Jerry's one day, and that can really change the trajectory of your life and your family's life. And so, I think it goes down to value sets as individuals, right? Like, what do you value as a human being? Um, and I get it, like, yo, fuck capitalism, fuck corporations, like, but also fuck the government and fuck everything else. Like, it's, it's, it's human right. beings meddling in shit, trying to 
rework the wheel a lot of times and sometimes they make mistakes. So I always tell people have grace, mm-hmm. you know, but Amazon, DHL, FedEx, you name it. Those companies are only in business because you guys support it still. Yeah. Like you say, fuck Jeff <laughs> yeah. Bezos. Cause you know, but like you still buy shit from Amazon. It's like, you got to pick one. Right. You know, like, do you not want packages in the day? Yeah. If you, are, are you okay waiting a month to get a package? Because right. kids in my generation don't even realize that was a thing. You had to wait a long time to get I a package. <laughs> yeah. You have to you know mail something and then wait a week to two weeks after wait. they get it. <laughs> and then you got to, you know, like, no, they, everyone's used to, it's like, so what are we talking about here? You know yeah. what I'm saying? It's like, so for me, it's like, we need capitalism. I think what we do need too is we need more local people in their communities um, who are against big box tablets to support the local guy then. Yeah. Right? Don't or to, to be the, the local guy the themselves. But like even like a... Or become the local guy yourself. Yeah, like uh, you and many but other people that I've talked to. Then talk about it. Yeah, yeah, that's for sure. There's a lot of people out there that people might say are unmotivated. And it's not that they're unmotivated. They just don't have passion in something. Like people probably told you like, oh, you know, with a GPA like that, what are you going to do with your life, right? And I heard somebody told me, um, I had a teacher actually tell me one time because I was talking in class. And he was like, hey, you know, the reason you're doing so bad in school is because of this. And that's the reason why you're going to be assistant manager at McDonald's the rest of your life. I was like, ass. Yeah, you know what I mean? That. But like school turns yeah. you into almost kind of like a you have to play by the rules. And like it, it makes you a very low risk person. You know what I mean? And we have a lot yeah. of low risk people out there who are like, Ah, I'd liked it. Maybe when I'm retired, I'll start a business, but I need to save up my money first and make sure I've got all my ducks in a row. And but yeah, school, school is such an interesting concept and and interesting how they how they get how they train kids. Yeah, because you're right. Because from 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 very small after first grade, you're labeled as smart and st- or stupid. By your grade point average, or how well you get on a test, or a problem. Never I was judged. a super hyper kid, and they were just like, "Is there any medicine yeah. we can give him?" You know, <laughs> right? Instead of being like, "Yo, he's really hyper. He has a lot of energy. Let's feed into that." Yeah, right. They they want you to be, you know, you're going through, you're being manufactured, right? Yeah. And so every box and every has to be in its place and it has to be perfectly like this because they're going to send you out to the workforce, right? If you go back in history, didn't um, the Fords and all those, they created that or they invested a lot of money in people who can work in a system because they mm-hmm. wanted you to work for them, which yeah. was systemized. And so, you know, you have a lot of people who I think have passions but are just afraid to live them yeah. because it's it's harder to be the only guy dancing on the dance floor and no one's going to come then to yeah. be the, all the other people who are on the, on the side of the wall judging him. Well, even, yeah. And just the idea that like, I know people who have started businesses and the business for one reason or another didn't work out. And that business is labeled a failure, but that yeah. person, you know, some people would have that happen to them and they go, Oh, I'm a failure because I failed. Just because they'll tell you that in school, like, oh, the worst thing you can do is fail a class, right? And mm-hmm. so then f- this fear of failure is bred into you if you buy into the whole idea. And I knew a lot of kids that I went to school with, like, I have to get A's. Ah! Yeah. Um, and they were just they would just cheat. Like, who knows? Nobody learns in that yeah. system for real. 
And so, I mean, you and I were just failures from the, from the get-go. So we were used to it. Yeah. <laughs> we're like, yo, yeah. it's not that bad. They're going to push you. They're going to push you through anyway. Like, yeah. <laughs> but and, that, and that's pretty much so, it. Can he be a teacher's like, assistant? No, you, Can fine. we give him a grade for that? <laughs> it's like, no, nah, like, you know, you, you'll be fine. But, like, you're right. They, they put this pass-fail. Pass you're right, man. And, and, it, and I think it creates a lot of insecurity in a lot of people. And then, you know, also it creates, you know, um, it takes, it takes a lot of, uh, it takes a lot of guts to be an individual, man. Like it really does in, in today's age. Because like, people are going to call you like people, when I was in school, man, like, I tried to dress a little yeah. bit differently and people would be like, nice shirt fag. And I'd be like, Oh, okay. Whatever. Like that kind of shit. You know what I'm saying? And it's just like, you gotta, you gotta get comfortable being uncomfortable. All the, all the age ad ages, right. You gotta be okay with being seen as weird or crazy but like i look at it like you're gonna die one day so are you gonna be excited for playing by the rules and doing what everyone else wants you to do and never do what you want to do like logically imagine only eating what someone else wants to eat and you never want exactly what you wanted to eat right um like and then you died or you're on your deathbed how mad would you be about not raising your voice up and getting something you want to eat at least one time yeah you know what I'm saying? And so, yeah. and you know, business failure is part of the game. Like if I, like people ask me, what happens if I reflate? Well, I'll open another one. We are 2.0. Like yeah. this is a forever thing. I'm going to bust my way through the window regardless. Like yeah. I don't care if it's, if it's something completely different, I'm going to make it like whatever it is, I'm destined and, and I have the will to do so. And I don't care how stupid I look. I always tell people I'm not afraid of looking stupid for the shit that I want. Yeah. Never afraid. And that's the that's the biggest thing that I've heard from, um, y- you know, people who I consider successful. And it's not necessarily even a money thing, but it's just, you know, like, do you do what you want no, to do? Byproduct. Yeah. Are you able to do what you want to do? Then you're successful. You know what I mean? Um, and it's mm-hmm. like you just have to be willing to fail spectacularly because, you know, the flip side of that is maybe you'll succeed spectacularly. But, you know, it, mm-hmm. you, you can't succeed spectacularly without putting it all in and kind of hanging it out there yeah and failure is guaranteed yeah like and it's good too oh, i fail at shit all the time bro. and then it's i not, don't make the mistake yeah. again you know exactly it's like i'm like yo failure is not an option bro it's it's guaranteed you know yeah. it's it's how you it's how you are how's how you handle it right right like you know i when we opened i was an instant success there was a lot of zero dollar days <laughs> yeah you know, I didn't quit at zero dollar days. Right. I figured out what I got to do to be better. I was like, all right, let's make it a hundred dollar day. Let's make it a two hundred dollar day. Let's make it a three hundred. Like, that's how you do it, and it's blood, sweat, and tears. But it's just guaranteed. You know, especially if you don't come from a system or a structure where you know you were given a handout. And even at that, even at that point, it's not easy. That easy either. But you right. know, well, yeah. I have talked to people uh, just privately and I've been like, man, business is cool, but like, how do you get startup money for a business? And they're just kind of like, well, I mean, I got it from my dad. I was like, ah, well, that's not everybody's route. (laughs) It's everybody's route. And so I always tell people, you come from no money and nothing. You got to create a service business. So I did an agency for a while and we did like heavy video work. You can cut grass. You can you can tax mat. Like, there's so many people who are like mini entrepreneurs now, small business people. Like, 
Yeah. I always tell people like, yo, what is, what is a CFO? And you're going numbers and bookkeeping. What is like a, a temp CFO look like for a lot of small businesses? Uh, what does it look like to be a tax manager where you just you get someone's all their goals they want to happen for the year? You make quarterly plans for them. You give them daily tasks. Like how much do you charge for that? You got to start with service because you don't have any fucking money. And so you need you need to learn business fast. You need to be able to scale with people. And you need to get some capital that you can save. And then you got to figure out how you're going to invest that capital, right? Like, are you going to go for the wealth rent? Or are you going to take another bet and bet on yourself for another business? That's up to the person, right? I think we, go, we see a lot of old people, how they did it, they kind of invested in wealth stuff, right? Like they made they made a dollar here, a dollar there, then they bought this house, and then they bought this building, and then they bought, and that's how, kind of how they got wealthy, yeah. And how they get to if that's your if that's your goal or be able to sustain yourself, um, or if you think you're that hot shot and you think you're you can do any business in the world, and you take your money and then you start another business, yeah. right? It's but it you know it's a dedication thing, it's a lifelong thing. You're coming from zero, and there's you can't get something for nothing, and so it's like you have to be willing to sacrifice almost everything yeah. right if you want to build a business and you're coming from zero right like i always tell people like from 16 17 till i'm a 24 now i haven't done anything young people do i've like punted my whole <laughs> late teens and early 20s into doing business like you don't think i want to go party and just like not worry about shit of course i do you know what i'm saying but like i already made this decision though you know like i already yeah. made it and so i'm here you know, and so there yeah, is was, no wishy-washy. There is no back and forth. I've made this decision. You know. Yeah, um, I was. I was just thinking so about I always that tell too. Like, you were saying that. Yeah. Um, uh, I'm sorry. The. Uh, oh God. I tangled up when we started interrupting each other. Well, when I interrupted you, and yeah, sorry. Go ahead. Go ahead. No, I lost my train of thought. You can go ahead. Oh, <laughs> now we're both broken. Um, well, yeah, you know, we both have ADHD, ADD, so it's like if I'm not looking around 10 times a day, if I'm not thinking about 50 things every fucking moment, then it's like, what's going on? Something's wrong, kids. How many hours in a By case? the way, fuck Adderall. I tried Adderall before. That shit is, still, that shit is horrible. Like, like, anyone who, like, everyone's like, I love Adderall. Like, you probably don't have ADD, bro. Like, you probably don't have it. If you have that shit, that shit is like the worst. Yeah. It slows and everything down. Like, I read that. What? I read something. I want to that... feel an hour. You think I want to feel an hour? Fuck that. People that will continually use that for, you know, I don't know how what the time frame is, like a significant percentage of them will develop some kind of like mental health disorder from the Adderall. Or maybe that wasn't Adderall. Maybe that was the other one. Ritalin? I took the, yeah, I took Ritalin when I was when I was younger. Ritalin like, was horrible. I by the time I got like fifth, sixth grade, they're like, he needs Ritalin because I was just ah getting out of my seat all the time. But then I took that I stuff and I would just like drool on myself and stare out the window. But, you know, that was more preferable to the teacher. Isn't that crazy? So, like, how did it feel like for you when you, when you took some Ritalin? Like, what was your, like, how did you feel like, did you feel yourself slow down? Being I like, didn't, emotional or whatever? The fuck? I didn't feel like anything. I didn't really talk to people. I didn't eat food. I didn't. Yes. I just kind of like went no from appetite. one place to the next, sat down and then just like kind of like spaced out for a minute and then somebody was talking i would just kind of like look at them and sometimes i was hearing him sometimes i wasn't but i was just kind of like zombied out on him yeah i hated shit, it man. I, like, I refused I, like horrible. i boycotted taking it i told my parents i'm not taking that They're like you have to i'm like i'm yeah. not taking that no, i'd rather die bro. like i just yeah. like i remember like just like this shit is so stupid like i if I, i'm a problem and i'll forever be labeled as stupid fine cool yeah. Like, I don't give a fuck. I'm not taking this shit. 
That was like yeah. that was kind of like my whole my whole stance. <laughs> yeah. Well, that, that's probably what pushed you into doing that. That's what I was gonna say too. Now it's all coming full circle. A lot of people when they're in their like late teens, early twenties, everyone's telling them now is the time to like go out and like start a career and like you can build towards your personal goals. But it seems like you took the opposite advice. Like, no, I'm just going to go for what I want now. And uh, did you get much? Well, I'm curious how much support you got originally. And then also how much blowback you got. Cause I've talked to plenty of people and I've even got my own personal experiences with like, um, I quit teaching and people are like, Oh, you shouldn't quit teaching. You make sure you keep your license. I didn't keep my license. And then I started writing a book and started writing blogs for people. And I was like, I'm going to try to get this novel published. People are like, well, you should really get a job. I'm like, I'm going to try to make this my job. They're like, oh, you know, you get a lot of, you get way more resistance than people being like, great, good, go for it. So mm-hmm. what was that for you when you're like, I'm not going to college, yeah, I'm not man. going to go work for somebody else. I'm trying to make my own shit. Yeah, man, like it was fucking hard. <laughs> like, you know, I didn't have any clear indicators that I was going to be successful. Like yeah. I didn't, you know, I, I didn't play sports really. I have a twin sister that was super smart. That was getting A's. So, mm-hmm. by the way, she's my twin, not my little sister. Old twin. So, uh, imagine that your, yeah. your twin, your, your twin is getting has, has a 4.0. You have a 1.7. Yeah. Think about Bro, that. My so, sister, my sister had straight A's through high school, and I was three years behind her. And they're all like, "Oh, you're so and so's sister, or you're so and so's brother." And I was just like, "Yeah, trust me. There's there's no yeah, real no. similarity. We're not re- we're not actually we're not actually related." Yeah. yeah. <laughs> goes from a different planet than I do. And so, no, it was, it was hard, man. I got, you know, I also got support in the sense of, man, I don't know. I, I really didn't pay. Okay. I paid a lot of attention to it, but I also paid no attention to it. Like it, you know, when I, when I dropped out of, okay. When I said I wasn't going to college, everyone called me and was telling me how bad of a decision I'm making. You know, I'm African-American we don't come from anything. It's stupid. I need college to make it. Yeah. And I looked at all these people that, you know, are happy and successful in their own rights that took the college route. And I didn't want any of that shit, man. I didn't, I didn't want the suburban house. I didn't want to drive a Honda. <laughs> I didn't want to like stay in the same area. I, by the way, I have a Honda Accord. Shut up. <laughs> and, I, and I didn't, uh, I didn't, you know, I didn't want, uh, I didn't want to, I didn't want what they had. And so instantly I was like, okay, you're telling me all this, but you're also somebody that doesn't have what I want. And that's not in a dick way, but it's like, I also feel like you guys are so afraid to take any risk. And, you know, you guys all worked hard. My parents, everyone's worked so hard. And it's like, well, and I, and, and I recognize America and, you know, people I looked up to, yeah, they didn't look like me, like the Steve Jobs, the Bill Gates of the world. They didn't look like me, but like, they inspire me to fucking try. Yeah. And maybe I'm wrong. Maybe I'm delusional. And then you guys can laugh at me and tell me that you told me so. But I doubt that fucking happened because I have so much will. Yeah. That like, like I always tell people like, I feel like I willed my success. I don't feel like, um, I don't feel like it was easy at all. Like for me. You know, like, I think people like me, like, okay, but I was never, like, the most popular, you know, maybe I can be sometimes charismatic, you know, I'm all right with my words, but, you know, I'm not great, so great in any, like, individual thing that was like, okay, he'll for sure. Right, right. 
you know, I just think my maybe my skills, just my will and my mindset is just like I'm just not going to get off the court before you. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like if we if we're shooting layups, we're like, all right, the last one, last one to get off the court. Like I'm staying for three days mentally. I already walk in like I'm staying here for three days. Yeah. I already prepared. I'm very prepared, <laughs> right? Yeah. And I and I feel like most people just don't have that kind of will, man. And so yeah, man, people push back. People tell me I was stupid. Could have happened. I was too young. You know, you name it. But it's well, I like think, I think some yeah. people would call some people would call it stubborn, and some people would call it will. You know. Yeah, both. Because people, More stubborn a lot of times people say, "Well, oh, <laughs> we got to break this person of this stubbornness." But yeah, you know, <laughs> that stubbornness is also sometimes called will, and it's a powerful tool. You don't want to yeah, like totally snuff out on people. Yeah, you, you gotta know when you're wrong. You, you know, I think if you're somebody listening to this right now and you're like, "Oh yeah, fuck my parents, fuck you know, I'm gonna do this," <laughs> great, you know. But like, you know, you gotta know when you're wrong. You do gotta listen to people, but you don't gotta listen to people and take everything that they say. A lot of times it's perspectives to help shape your perspective, to help sharpen you. For sure. And so it's like, you know, okay, yeah, maybe I, when I say, when I told you, Chris, like, you should keep your job, they're like, you should probably have, like, you know, a uh, uh, sustained, like, money coming in, you know? Um, but at the same time, it's like, yeah, but like, I really want to write this novel. <laughs> and so for me, it's just like, Yo, you know, like, take the novel. Yeah, right? man. Because like, you can always get, you can, you, you can always Uber. Yeah. You know, you can always sell, you, always, you can always sell a dime bag. I'm not, you know, I'm not, <laughs> I'm not promoting that. But like, you know, there's, there's, there's a lot of ways, like a job is not going anywhere. Yeah. You know? And a career is not technically tied to a, a degree. Yeah. Um, and I'm foolishly you know, and optimistic I always, too. I, I always feel like, you know, as long as I'm, I'm doing something. Optimistic there will be an opportunity that I can latch onto because maybe it's just because I've had some weird opportunities in my lifetime. Like I, I got, I got the chance to smoke weed with John Popper and George Clinton. When I snuck backstage, at a, a George Clinton concert in Jacksonville during Super Bowl weekend. And yeah, like <laughs> I was crazy. just, but cause this was, there was this club that my band used to play at and we were obviously not invited to play the night that they were playing. But uh, the security guard was by the backstage area. And I was just kind of hanging out by there. He goes to break up this fight that busts out in front of him. And as soon as he does that, I'm like, well, I know this place. That's backstage. And I just jet for it. I just waited about 20 <laughs> minutes for the, the set to be done. Kind of listen to, uh, listen to flashlight from the side of the stage. Flashlight. And then uh, they all came off stage and I just pretended like I belonged there. And nobody said I didn't. And then John Popper. You know who that is? The, the harmonica guy from Blues Traveler? Yep. Yeah. It was Super Bowl weekend, so he was there. He just shows up out of nowhere, and he's like, "Hey, anybody want to smoke weed? Or, uh, yeah. Is this happening right now?" She's like, "Ah, uh, yeah, so fuck." So, yeah. I was like, "Hey, will you guys call <laughs> some of my friends and leave messages on their voicemail so they'll believe this happened?" And they're like, "Yeah, sure." So, I don't know. That's crazy. I just feel like, yeah, um, as weird as that story is, like, but apply that to life. Like sometimes, like, if you're just if you're looking for something and you're trying for something, you'll notice opportunities. You said something so powerful. Pretend that you belong there. I think that's such a, like, I always tell people, man, it's like, what stops you is your own shit, bro. It's, it's not, it's, it's, it's not what you think, bro. It's really not someone stopping you, man. It's really you. Yeah. If you believe someone's going to stop you, then you're stopping yourself. But like, some, unless someone has put you in jail <laughs> or has locked you, tied you up, they cannot stop you, man. And like, uh, 
you know, everyone else in that room probably feels weird too. And so you might as well just enjoy it. If you think like maybe one person feels so secure to be in that room, but like most people are probably like, what the fuck is going on? My life is crazy. Like everybody's got at least a little bit of like, I hope nobody figures out that I know less about what's going on than everybody else in here. Yeah, exactly. Like, you know, because, you know, they say don't meet your heroes. You start meeting people that you look up to. You're like, oh, they're just like me. It's, you know, it's we're all human beings. Yeah. They might have a brand. They might have stories about them. They might just be famous. Uh, But at the same time, like they got to, you know, eat, drink just like you. Pull the pants on one foot at a time just like you. And um, it's, you know, it's life, bro. It's, 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 It's crazy. Yeah. Man, what's really crazy is when I heard about your parents' story, and you don't have to go too deep into it because I heard you talk about it on another podcast, and I know people are always like, tell me about your parents. But um, yeah, yeah give, me the, give me the quick rundown on uh, how Vince you know, came to be, where his parents came from. Yeah, so you know, my parents are in Jamaica. You know, you know, they come from the gutter, man. Like, they come from nothing. And you know, my parents have such a crazy story. And you know, Pops is, you know, he, he is the keystone to the restaurant. Yeah, I've done that on purpose because, you know, as much as it was my dream to open a restaurant, I know it was also his dream. It was like a father-son thing. Yeah. And I think he passed that down to me, right? And, you know, yeah, they come from Jamaica. My dad, my, you know, my dad was left to his own devices literally by himself at seven years old, eight years old. So just think about being abandoned, basically, and yeah. having to fend for yourself. And so... Yeah, that's a rough he, story, man, because that, that can go a lot of ways. Yeah. You know what I mean? The, you hear oh. some people would just be dead in a, in a six months, not even six months, or find a, you know, latch onto the wrong group of people and just go down a terrible path in one of many ways. But the fact that he, he made a positive story out of it is pretty incredible. Exactly. And so, you know, that's where my, I think that drive and that will comes, it's innate. It was in him and it got passed down to me. And my mom has the same drive and will just the same way. You know, when she was 16, you know, she was homeless in a, in a subway in London, a country she wasn't born in. And so that is this in me and my sister, right? And so that is who my, my family are, who my mom and dad is, and that is my family. And, you know, they're so positive. They work really hard. And, you know, seeing that as, as an example, you know, for me, you know, they're my biggest heroes. Those are the people that I look up to every single day. Yeah. Right? My dad works with me and he's in his 60s every day, day in, day out. He won't leave. Doesn't matter what we try to do. <laughs> he's not, he's going to come work. And, he, you know, sometimes it's sad, but also sometimes it's funny. He, he's like, he's like, Vince, this is all, this is what I know. Yeah. You know, he's, he's like, I don't know how to relax. And maybe that's bad, but he was like, when you have to fend for, like, it's, but that, at that young is not that, you don't lose that. Yeah. You know, like there is no retirement in his, in his age, in his mindset. Yeah. His mindset is just keep going until the you know until the game is over. Yeah, my it's funny because my dad's he's first generation. Uh, his parents both came from Italy, and they yeah. were you know well, they had a bunch of kids. She stayed home with the kids, and he opened a business painting people's houses. I think, um, wow. and he was the kind of guy who was like, "I'll just you know I'll work until we got enough money." And uh, my dad has always had an impressive will. He displays it in odd ways but i think it's part of that first generation mentality like we would drive to uh we would drive to go stay with like a a cousin in south carolina or something and he was 
like uh, i'm gonna drive like the entire hours. way and i'm not gonna use the bathroom once like why he's like just to prove that i can like to who and, he's, and he would it's be like crazy. Nope. We'd be like can we stop to use the bathroom he was like fine but i'm not using it like what why he's like i said i was going to so i'm going to okay oh uh, the uh that's so funny the craziest thing is i'm just like that so my sister lives, lives in south carolina we can fly whatever but no we're gonna drive and i'm gonna drive the whole way i'm not gonna stop once a little hundred miles average the whole time and i'm not taking a fucking break you know and it's just like why like, why are you being like that you're like you, you, unless you're first generation or or you know you're you're an immigrant you just don't it's just in you it's it's a mental game you're always trying to see like even as a kid i used to hold i could hold my breath for a long time yeah and the only reason why i can do that is because i just wanted to beat all the other soft kids whose mom built them an underground pool and they don't know how, and they don't know how to hold their breath underwater i'm gonna i'm gonna fucking show you bro like i can be way longer than you like i'm not even gonna fidget and squirm i'll be calm and you know and like you know it's 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 crazy like yeah. It, and and it, it's sick that that the the competitiveness is just sick. Yeah, like I always got to get the last word in. You know, I, I got to. <laughs> it's you know, it's it's just uh, it's a everything's too competitive. Yeah, right. So it's just like, what is this in you? It's that it's that drive of like, nah, fuck you. <laughs> I'm gonna win. <laughs> Do you and your dad have that competitiveness against each other? Because my dad is, well, he was super into sports. I'm I like him okay, but. He's always super into sports and he would never let me win at basketball. He would never let me, um, you know, if he was really trying to get a pitch by me, he'd really put some curve on the curveball and like it would just drop off and I couldn't hit it. And it wasn't probably until he was in his 60s that I finally beat him at something or even like just wrestling <laughs> around with him, like finally got him in a dominant position. And he was like, all right, I give, I give. I was like, how is this guy yeah. still beating me up? And he's oh, <laughs> And now you got to, yeah, now Chris, you got to this like, Anytime you can, just destroy him and anything he does. And it's like you just have to get that off. Yeah, he's um, but his I, his joints are starting to go bad now, and I can just like flex on him. And he's like, "Don't, don't, don't." Yeah, yeah, like, yeah. As I thought, call uncle. Yeah, it, right. it's weird. Like, yeah, me, me. It's funny. Like, yeah, we are we we work together really well, but there is that kind of like creative joust, like that kind of like let's see how far we can push it. Um. Or is he ever you know, like, hey, you're, you're doing that wrong? You're like, Dad. Yeah, all the time. Like, all, like, and, like, I want to start a vlog here, here at Ivy Kitchen because, like, you know, we all, like, cuss at each other, and I just feel bad for anyone that ever works for us. Like, I'm just, like, thinking, like, yo, that could probably be the issue. But it's, like, and I think people think that, like, we're being serious, but it's not. Like, I might tell my, like, shut the fuck up. And then, like, like, I'm, like, I'm, like, I'm, like, tell, I'm, like tell me what to do again, you know? And it's just, like, and people are just, like, think it's like a toxic environment but it's like that's just like that's just how we communicate bro it's like it's uh it's, it's, it's yeah, how you it's let somebody toxic. know i'm a little it. frustrated right now i'm venting it out yeah but we'll be all right i'm venting out but like in literally in 10 seconds is all good like it's not that serious like and like people are like you're just you're just yelling at each other i'm like yeah but like it's not like it's not real bro like <laughs> those just, are the healthiest like, just, relationships like, though whether it's you know like family friends or uh romantic relationships people can just like say like dude you're pissing me off right now like you know oh, yeah. me and my wife we will go at each other like or you know now we just have a pretty open communication after how long have yeah. we been married like 15 years <laughs> um where it's like hey man i'm really frustrated that you're doing that right now and 
you know, we can talk about it, but it, yeah. it evolved from like, man, why are you fucking doing that right now? <laughs> Yo, it's, uh, it's so funny. Cause like two of my best friends, Parker, like, and people like hang out. I feel bad. Like we can go at each other when we disagree. Like, We'll just like rip each other to shreds, and you yeah. know they're also foreign. You know they're both from Africa, and it's just like I look at other people. They're probably looking at us like, "What the fuck is like?" You talk to your friend like that? Oh yeah, bro, hundred percent. Like he's he's an idiot. But you don't <laughs> you don't actually like you know you don't actually think that. But in the moment, um, you know, it, and it will it be over the stupidest things too. But it comes from that competitiveness. Like, like one time I think we were argue, we were, we had an argument about dogs, and we we're arguing like, and I was saying like. You know, they're trying to tell me that a poodle can be a, a great guard dog. I'm like, shut the like they're like they're like people train dogs to be aggressive. I'm like, okay, you can't yes, you can train a dog to be aggressive. But there's certain dogs types that are naturally bred for a certain and they just disagreed with me. Just to disagree with me. And then so I can hear it was you getting upset hour, about it still really. Yeah, I'm still it. mad about it. And it was a two hour fight. <laughs> and it, and like and at a certain point, doesn't matter if you lost the fight. It's about keep on keep it going, <laughs> just because they think they want they beat you in a fight, right? And it's just like it's so toxic, and it's just. Uh, but it's it's you're right. It's it's the it's the best relationships, right? If yeah. if you, if I can't get mad at you and get over, are we really friends? Yeah, you know what I'm saying. Yeah, yeah, and that's I've actually tested a couple of friendships, not like intentionally, but like where you spend maybe your first time like go, doing a long drive in a car with a friend or like crashing somewhere overnight with somebody and then you kind of start to get like oh you do that hmm and then like the next time you see each other is it like hey it's all small talk or is it like hey man what the fuck is up with the way you brush your teeth at night or you know like <laughs> mm-hmm. if it if it's like just kind of like odd and walking around each other on ice like yeah this isn't really like a friendship this is just like an acquaintanceship yeah exactly it's like oh you can't because oh dude i'll tell you right my mom all from probably whenever I started swearing publicly, I don't know when that was, but from the, from that time on, I would always get on the phone, you know, back when people didn't have cell phones, Chris, somebody's calling for you. You know, Hey, Hey, what's up asshole. And then my mom's like, Chris, don't talk to your friends that way from the other. Room. Like that. <laughs> yeah. I'm still, you know, I'm still afraid to cuss in front of my mom. So I, I really, I don't I even do it in that. front of her. And well, I mean, I do now that I'm older, but I wouldn't do it in front of her then. And she would just hear me. From the through the wall. Like, don't don't yeah. talk to your friends like that. Yeah, my mom hates. My mom hates. But, but the craziest thing is, my mom can curse like a sailor, and it's just so funny to me, like how hypocritical she is. I'm like, mom, you literally just called me so many bad words, and you're mad because I said one bad word back. Like, what are you talking about? You can't be so crazy, you know. And then it's just like, uh, but it's yeah, like I understand that my mom is, you know, you know, my mom's just like. I think moms are just like that, like. Yeah. Don't be like that. You know, you yeah. be that, you know. You know like, but it's just, she would tell it's, me after the just like, if you talk to people like that, nobody's going to want to be your friend. You're like, no, people will be my friend. People who just, who also speak like that. The people who, the them. people who dig it will be my friends. Yeah. Yeah. Like people who don't like it, I don't want to be friends with them anyway. Like, yeah. fuck them. <laughs> so sensitive. So soft. You know what I'm saying? Like, get over it, you know? But yeah. Um, yeah so, yeah, that, you know, I was just raised like that too. It's just funny. Yeah. Yeah, me and my sister used to have battles, bro. It was crazy. She's just, she's just like, she's, she's, 
but you know you can't fight your sister when you're like you know when you're like, like really like you can a little bit but you can't like you're getting older once you get to the point where you realize that like it wouldn't really be a fight then yeah the most you can do is like bear hug him or like just kind of pin him down and be like are you done yet god yeah you done <laughs> my sister used to like throw you know remotes at me and it's it just like used to piss me off and it's just like but i couldn't do anything because it was at that point where like, i hit her it's like i can't do something you know and it's just like yeah. so then you know you have to beat him in other ways you know you got to just like get a pillow it's like <laughs> <laughs> but i got you you hit him really hard with that pillow but you know that they'll calm down yeah <laughs> yeah yeah hey i'll break that mixtape your boyfriend made you oh yeah you got to get creative you know okay? embarrass them yeah. <laughs> All right. You've got some complex views or at least, you know, kind of some slowly evolving views from different interviews and stuff that you've done about the idea of like supporting black owned businesses and black lives matter. And, um, mm-hmm. I don't know for anybody who hasn't heard it, like what's your, what's your current stance? Cause I know, and tell me if I'm wrong, I guess, um, from what I read, you didn't want people to support you because you were a black owned business. You wanted to support pe- people to support you because you were just a quality business. Um, is that more or less on par with what you were saying or no? Um, it was in a written interview. I can't remember where I saw it. it might've been an M live. I'm not sure. Yeah. So my thoughts are always evolving. For yeah. usual. I think you're the same way. Yeah. So listen, you know, I understand let me be clear for anyone who's listening to this. I understand Black Lives Matter. I understand supporting Black business. Like, that inherently isn't wrong, right? You're, you're trying to encourage support. You're trying to encourage safety. You name it. Yeah. But I, I also realized that once you do that, you also kind of, like, put me in a, uh, in a fault. You put me in a game that I necessarily don't want to always play. So, for example, you know, like, during Black History Month, They'll post like, you know, this is these are the top five black restaurants, and this is like, well, there's only five of us. What does it <laughs> What does it mean to be like, you know, like what does that even mean? One, and then two is just like, so you're pitting me against other, but then but also like, what does a black restaurant actually mean? Yeah, you know, and so I always ask white people like, what does that mean to you? Like, I like does that, does that encourage you to make you want to go before before current times? You know what I'm saying? Like, don't typecast me um, to uh, appease your guilt. Don't yeah. don't make me pay for that, right? Because right. I, I honestly do believe in a lot of a lot of cases that black businesses and any minority owned businesses kind of get viewed as less than or not as good, yeah. or we need to just come in in like a nonprofit mindset, like help them versus like, oh, that, that a black guy just owns that. Yeah, you know what I'm saying? Like, like to me, that's just so crazy that we have to label everything as such because I feel like it doesn't do the good as it's intended to do. Right. Like, the best thing you can do for Black people, in my opinion, is just like give them money. The best way you can do that is support their businesses. So, you know, I guess promoting it can work that way, but I feel like it doesn't actually internalize that in public. Hmm. You know what I'm saying? Um, at all, I feel like sometimes it can be exclusive. You know, yeah. and so do you, um, do you think more a black so? Business, more so or less so now that like you know hashtag blm is everywhere before um yeah you know before there was i guess it kind of timed up with the pandemic too but like all the all the social unrest um 
Black Lives Matter, Blue Lives Matter, all that shit. Um, yeah, all that, you know, all that shit is fucking crazy, right? And it's just like, and it's true and it's real. I feel like, and I, and I know I feel back. I was, I tell everybody, I, everyone's right. Yeah. Right? Like, everyone's well, right. Yeah. Right? And then so it's like, my, for me, is like, okay, what's the next step, though? What's the action plan? Right? And like, I like it now because it seems that like there is sometime, there's finally like a monetary thing attached to it, you know? And it's just like, yo, if you're not really giving black businesses money, I don't really, really want to, I don't care, I don't care about a sign. Yeah. And when I say giving them money, that could be working with them. But like, it does also feel shady to know that you're only in the room working with this company because they need to meet a diversity quota not because they think that you're good yeah right like and yeah. that, like that doesn't feel that good you know what i'm saying like no for sure for and sure. like hey like or even to have cool that thought in your head like is it am i only here because of it's a quota or yeah some bullshit and you are and and then they want you to be happy about it and a lot of times like it's not it's not the same money as the white counterpart businesses are getting and it's just like so i have to take less money go on a pr run and i'm only here for once once a year like i don't know anyone who, who would love that and love that reality right um, in business no <laughs> right and we're like yo chris we're gonna use you because you're you know you're the only guy with a beard so we don't need you <laughs> you know we only use you on february we're gonna we, our budget is only 250 dollars um and you better be excited that we're working with you yeah. But we're going to work with a non-bearded podcast host for the rest of the year. <laughs> and you're like, so can I not do a podcast? Like, I don't, I don't really, I don't really don't understand. Right. So, yeah. and I say that you're like, that's, you see what I'm saying? It's fucking crazy. Like, yeah. Oh, yeah. it makes no, it makes no actual sense. Like, like black history is American history every yeah. day, as much as white people are part of American history too. It's like, there's no, it like, you know, so for me, it's just kind of like, hmm. Yeah, it sounds good, and I'll, I'll fight for that. But like, you know, to a certain extent, like I always tell people, like, yo, don't put me on that blacklist. Yeah, and some people get mad at me for, for saying that. Yeah, you know, because to me, it's a blacklist. It's a little blacklist. Yeah, you know, like yeah. how about how about people that supported my business that didn't know I was black on that stopped coming to the blacklist? I know I think it sounds so people... crazy, but like, imagine. Uh, yeah, but imagine. But, I mean, I imagine... imagine if they think that. <laughs> Go ahead. I was gonna say it, you you'd be better trying to dis, disguise that you're a black owned business if it wasn't a Caribbean restaurant, maybe. <laughs> yeah, well, that's the craziest thing is like that's one thing too. I always tell people is that like you know being Jamaican, it is a different experience. <laughs> yeah, I'll tell you that right now. I'll tell you that right now. I, I since I've been a kid, I have people that are, that have told me black people, white people, you name it, that have been telling me that I'm not black, I'm Jamaican. And so, um, whatever that means. What does that What does that mean? I don't. Whatever that means. Like, as in, like, as in, like, your culture isn't one hundred percent Black American, so you're not Black. Yep. Or like in a weird way that like, it's it's well, you know what though? It is weird. I've I've heard uh, when I was in boot camp uh, because I was in the military for a little while. That's why I like when you said oh, your mom cusses like a sailor because I was a sailor. Um, yeah. <laughs> so I'm down with that. The dude who slept in the bunk right next to me, can't remember his first name. We all just went by our last names. Um, yeah. But his name was Jones, and he was a black dude from, I want to say Mississippi. But he, yeah. quote, talked like a white person. 
And then there were two black dudes from Chicago who were constantly yeah. giving that dude shit. Like anytime he talked to a white person, they're like, oh, yeah, you're talking with your own kind now, huh? Like, yeah, like, I bet you wear khakis and tuck your shirt in, too. And like, he's like, the fuck is your problem? You're like, you're yeah, from Chicago yeah. and you're going to tell a black dude from the south about what it means to be black. Beam. Exactly. So, Beam. yeah, it's, it, it's just it's just. It's just shit like that. Like even how I speak, they're like, "You sound white," and I'm just like, "Well, you know, I like, no, you know, I couldn't speak Jamaican. You wouldn't understand me because, like, you'd be like, what well, every fucking five minutes.' So like, right. like, you know, it's just like whatever. Like, it, it's part of. It's, I just charge it to the game. It's, it's just part of the black experience. You know, yeah. you're not black enough for black people, or you're not black enough for white people. Yeah. Um, or you're not black, so then like white people like you more because you're not African American, and so like it, it's it's such a weird game that you get thrown into a lot of times, um, where it's where it's um, you know it's just you know people have preconceived ideas, yeah, right. But I always tell people like, yo, and I get pulled over by the cops. He's not he's not gonna be like, whoa, 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 you're Jamaican, so go ahead. <laughs> We're, look, we're only looking for black yeah, people you just, today. You know what I'm saying? You just like, got to say, what's like, the problem, like, officer, with a real thick accent? Yeah. Yeah. Like, like well, I want officer. You know? Like, something like that. And they, they might be like, <laughs> they might be like, oh, whoa, 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 whoa. Yo, you Jamaican? You know, Bob Marley? Or yeah. But, like, it's, you know, that's rarely the case, you know? And so, yeah, yeah you know, like, you know, and some people, you know, yeah, that's just my overall thoughts. I just kind of feel like, you know, we're still trying to figure out how we how we do it. Like, I got a thing from Discover Cards, and they sent me um, these like these uh, things that say I'm, I'm a proud black-owned business, and it's uh, like these. Uh, and I just laughed at it because it's so funny. Because like you know, they never sent me things before. Yeah. You know? And so I just I just I just found that I find that one creative to win business. Um, two is just like you know I'm a proud-owned black business, but it's branded with Discovery Card, so it's like paid for by Discovery. It's just like. You know, to me, it just seems yeah. that like it's all virtue signaling. It's like, yeah, they're they corp- care corporatizing uh, otherwise, like a very noble idea. Yeah, you know, so like, you know, can you get mad at them for that? Of course. Can you not get mad at them? Of course. Like, I don't know the rules. You know, I, I'm trying well, to sell chicken sandwiches. That goes back to that whole thing about you know? like people being like, well, <laughs> capitalism is obviously evil because there's nothing that people won't try to brand. You know what I mean? But yeah, yeah that's, like, that's the difference between like major corporate, like, yeah listening to all your phone conversations and like, you know, that's different than somebody who's trying to start a yeah. restaurant and branch that out into two, three, four, 250 restaurants. Exactly. And like, yeah, in, in my experience too, like a lot of people that hate capitalism, a lot of people who just, you know, have, don't think they can ever make that kind of money. Yeah. And I, and I feel like if the roles were reversed, they wouldn't be having that tune. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Cause yeah. a lot of times it's about, how much money someone's making versus the actual what these companies are doing. Yeah. Right? Oh, yeah, for sure. So it's like, wait, are you mad that the CEO is making $10 million a year? You want to make $10 million a year? Yeah. Yeah. But yeah, fuck the guy. Like, yeah, fuck him. Like, I get it. But like, <laughs> you know, like, yeah. you, know, you could be on the same path if you wanted to, if, you know? Yeah. A lot of people just don't think so, too. Like, I mean, well, even the, the school that I taught at, it was a hundred percent free lunch at the school. And I think most, if not all the families were on um, 
some some kind of assistance. Welfare, SSI. Yeah, and assistance. I remember one uh, one time a teacher and I were in a room together, and somebody was like, "Hey, how come you wear, uh, or how come you uh, shop at Aldi or something like that?" It's like, "Oh, to because it's cheaper." And they're like, "Well, why don't you just use your rainbow card?" I think that's what they called it—a rainbow card. Yeah. But basically saying like, why don't you just, you know, use food stamps? And she's like, uh, because not everybody has that. And that was like, you know, telling that to a group of sixth graders. They're like, they're like, it kind of broke their brains. They're like, wait, what? You mean not yeah. everybody just gets that? I'm like, no, <laughs> no, not everybody does. And so, yeah. yeah, like, how are you supposed to tell a kid like that? Like, hey, go out and make something of yourself. And they're like, yeah. no, no, you just, this, you just, you just get these things. <sighs> Yeah, man, that's a that's such a deep. That's another conversation, right? Oh, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's deep. That's so, but it's so funny. Yeah, it's so deep, right? Like, you know what you know based on your culture. So yeah. I can't hate, you know, a third generation rich white kid. Yeah, that's all he knows. <laughs> you know what yeah. I'm saying? Like that's that's well, that's a conversation that I had with somebody it. one time. Like somebody saw uh, like a a. a it was a Mercedes or something like that in the high school parking lot, like in the student section. Someone's like, man, why would a sixth? And they started like ripping into the 16 year old. I was like, well, I mean, think about it though. If somebody asked you, if you wanted a Mercedes Benz with tinted windows and leather seats, would you be like, no, I don't deserve that. You'd be like, hell yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah, I'll take it. Yeah. Why, why, why would I not take it? Yeah. <laughs> I would you take know, that like, if somebody I wanted to give it to me it? right now. If somebody was just like, here, I'd be like, okay. yeah. Like, you can't, you can't hate you can't hate people for that you know what i'm saying but once they become aware of it and they you know they understand then you can start being you start holding people accountable on both sides by the way yeah. not just on any other either or side yeah you know what i'm saying and that, sure. that and that's where that's where people start getting you know iffy with me on the conversation i'm like yeah when he's like 27 and he realizes that he's wealthy and has power he can be held accountable for some stuff yeah you know what i'm saying but like so can the government and so can, you know, me. Yeah. Right. Yeah, it's sure. like across the board. Also like, yeah, fuck rich people. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it is. It is a pretty easy go to. <laughs> yeah. Like, you know, it's easy. Like, don't think I'm like, don't think I'm some like, you know, yeah, fuck them, bro. Like, I'm with all that shit too. Like, yeah. it's, you know, but also I'm also like benefiting off. You know what I'm well, saying? So I'm also like, yo, I will probably be that rich guy one day. So fuck me, right? I'm like saying, fuck me too. If you, you see somebody park, like, yeah. if you see somebody park their beater at the grocery store in two spots, you're like, oh, that guy's an asshole. But if you see somebody park a really nice car in two spots, you're like, man, that guy rich thinks everybody owes him everything. Blah blah blah, motherfucker. Let me key the fuck out of his car to show him. <laughs> like you get extra <laughs> mad. They, I'm they gonna go, show him. They're not just an asshole, but now it's them and everybody that looks like them and their mothers. Yeah, I'm just like. Probably from the evil to get there. So, all right, man, before I let you you go, because, yeah, we've been talking a little over an hour. I do want to know more about um, the stuff that you do with Irie Lemon and how that uh, partnership got started. Because you guys are a little bit different in age, and she's from, what, East Grand Rapids area? You're from Kentwood area. So what, uh, what, what, how did that come together? So yeah, um, Liz. Start, you know, so my friend Parker followed Liz on Instagram. Messaged her, told her that you know, his best friend opened a restaurant. Liz loves ethnic food, you know, and so she started coming regularly. Um, and 
you know, she became a good customer. So we, we just developed a friendship, you know, like you, you, you come a lot, you're yeah. like, y'all have podcasts and we like, yep. And then now we're friends. And that's literally how it happens. And so, um, you know, people thought it was like some move or like she, you know, she came and like, yo, this, I need to look good. Like now, like she just came to my restaurant and, and I'm there. If you have a car, like if you have a conversation with me, we'll probably end up being friends or we'll probably get connected. I'm, I'm easy, you know, yeah. like, you know, and so yeah, that's sure. how kind of it started. You know, she's also an entrepreneur and we related a lot on business. You know, we would just talk a lot about business. And then one day I was like, yo, let's just start something. And so, you know, that's how it kind of started. And so Ari Lemon, Ari Lemon is just like a media, is a media company. And we focus on food and business and a little bit of travel. And it's, it, it's morphing every day and it's been growing. We do a mastermind class. We, uh, we go, you know, we, we went to Turks. We went to Dominican Republic. We've been, you know, we, we travel, we get paid to, we talk about these cultures, we talk about the experiences, we talk about a lot of things. And so it's been, it's been a great business. It's been a great time. And so that's kind of um, what Ari Lemon is in a nutshell. And yeah, of course, Liz is from EGR. And so you guys know what East Grand Rapids is, is Google it, you know, um, and, all, you know, those for, folks. For anybody you know, who doesn't know, before. East Grand Rapids is the town that is the fictional, uh, well, I think it's called East Great Falls in American Pie. But in all the American Pie movies, that guy is from East Grand Rapids. So East Great Falls is like a stand-in for East Grand Rapids. Oh, really? I yeah. didn't know that. That's yeah. crazy. Yeah. Um, yeah. That makes sense now. So that's East Grand Rapids. Yep. Exactly. Yep. Um, so it's a, you know, it's a well-to-do neighborhood. And so, um, yeah. And, you know, they were coming before Liz, but, you know, uh, also with Liz is like, onboarding they you know they they all love driving the 15 minutes to come get um to caribbean food yeah so well that's that's a pretty easy story i didn't know if there was like some deeper business connection or if it was just somebody said hey man this food's really good um i actually found out about your food uh through instagram instagram um -hmm. we're cool on the internet yeah and actually it wasn't even from one of the awesome posts because you guys do have cool posts, but um, you guys liked one of the posts that I had. And I was like, oh, who's that? And I was like, I didn't even know there was a Caribbean place right over here. And I think the next, you know, whatever, <clears throat> I don't know what day of the week it was, but that next weekend I was over there and uh, picked up some stuff. Cool. Didn't talk, just grabbed it on my way and, uh, you know, ordered it online, grabbed it off the rack, said hi and went home, ate it and was like, this place is amazing. I think I had it one or two more times. And then I was like, hey, man, let's. Let's talk about this podcast. Yeah. <laughs> shout out, shout out to uh, Corinne, my social media person, for doing for doing all the hard work. But yeah, we're just yeah, really she's great right too. I've I've talked to her a little bit, and uh, I might have her on the show yeah. later this year. Yeah, no, she she's dope. She's uh she's really cool. Yeah. Yeah. How did you guys meet? Just same same thing or the internet? <laughs> yeah. I think she she like she reached out to me. I was like, sure, let's do it. <laughs> yeah, because uh, and I, and I was getting super busy just with life and just managing all the things I manage. And so I built the Instagram up to that point. Mm-hmm. And you know, I was like, yeah, like I see someone that kind of gets it, you know, and you know, and she's so great. She gets it. She's a hustler, you know, just like me. She just like thinks she's like forward thinking, and so yeah, you know, she, you know, yeah, no, she's really smart she's, and she's really yeah. good at what she does. Just from the little bit of communications yeah. I've had with her. Yeah, no, she's really good. And she, yeah, so that's that's the Ivy team, man. It's just we, we like you know, just great people. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And then 
so it's you and your dad and then um bert's in the kitchen with you too right uh yeah and are you guys related or how to how did this where's he no, we're just really good friends we're really good friends um bert i actually met bert when i right before i opened the restaurant and i tore my acl my meniscus ooh. a week before we opened the kitchen ooh, ooh, God, that so sounds i was on i was on crutches and a wheelie thing and bert was there and bert has been there ever since so he's like the number two and he's like he like he's moving into a role of head of, of head of operations. So he 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 grew within the business, and he's he's basically family. That's cool. Yeah. yeah, I've I've tried to get to know him, but he's a little bit quieter than you are. Yeah, he, he's way quieter. He's, he's an introvert. <laughs> yeah, he's a, he's a watcher. Yeah, and a bug trapper. Yeah. If uh, if anybody ever goes to uh, that's on your personal IG, right? When you guys trapped the bug on oh, the side of the restaurant? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, that, that, that's Parker. Yeah. Parker. Parker. Yeah, that's hilarious. Yeah, go ahead to that Instagram and watch that video. That's hilarious. That was a big-ass moth, bro. Whatever everybody was. everybody was screaming, too. That was the funniest part. It wasn't just the dude with the governor. He was like, ah! Yeah, that shit, that shit was so scary. We didn't know what it was. We were like, yo, what the fuck is that? Was it a bite? If it bites, it's gonna be a nasty ass bite. Oh. <laughs> yeah. Well, all right, so, man. That's that's a as good of intro into where people can find you online as any. So yeah, tell people about uh, all your social media and website and all that. Yeah, head to Irie Irie dot Kitchen on Instagram, Irie Kitchen on Facebook. Irie dot Kitchen is the website. No dot com. Irie dot Kitchen. My personal Instagram is Don Irie. Cause I'm the Don, Sir Irie, and uh, yeah, just come connect with me on social media. Hit me up. Uh, I might get back to you fast. I might get back to you slow. Um, just because I'm busy, I'm not an asshole. So yeah. Oh, <laughs> um, and, yeah, and tell just, people just where the up. restaurant is too. Yeah, so we're on 68th and Kalamazoo. We're right next to a Wendy's, uh, Irie Kitchen in Grand Rapids, Michigan. So you're coming from Kalamazoo, we're right off the highway. You come from Lansing, we're also right off the highway. Um, and so yeah, we're we're kind of in that Gaines Township, Caledonia end of Kentwood area. So we're kind of in that mix. So that's I-R-I-E uh, and then Kitchen, Irie Kitchen. And yep. uh, tell him you heard about him on this show and maybe he'll give me some free lemonade. <laughs> yeah. If you, if you, if 10 people come in and say you're, you're on, you're on the Creative House podcast and you, uh, you heard about this, you know, I'll give Chris free food, a free drink. Yes. That lemonade is amazing. Sandwich. Oh, and those chicken sandwiches, no, no dude. Joke. Oh god, I no I keep getting chicken sandwiches, even though I tell myself the next time I come in, I want to try the uh, the uh, the goat, the goat, the curry goat. Yeah, yeah, the curry goat. Yeah. So don't, Man, don't, don't let me get the chicken sandwich, sandwich next time. Be like, dude, you said you were getting the curry yeah. goat. You got to try the curry. When goat. is this podcast? When is this podcast dropping? Um, probably like not. Sometime? Not next Monday. Well, or the following. It's either going to be next Monday or the Monday after. Yeah. Okay, I'm going to tell you this, and, uh, and guys, I'm sorry if you're hearing this, but maybe it's too late. But guess what we're doing this weekend, bro? Right. Chicken and waffles. No shit. Nobody around here Never. does chicken and waffles. I know. I know. We're about to do it. Wow. Crazy. All right. Well, Crazy. I'll even if even if I don't get it out before then, I'll I'll make sure I spread the word around a little bit. Yeah. So, but it's top secret. We haven't released it yet, but so I'm doing a shoot. I'm doing a shoot with my photographer Amanda Wednesday. So we're gonna have all those beautiful photos. All right. Yeah. And then uh, it's gonna be crazy, but it's gonna be 
chicken and waffles. Well, if you need a picture of like a cute kid eating some food, then I'll, I'll bring <laughs> my kids know. in. Yeah. <laughs> I, I shoot you a text, bro. All right, cool. <laughs> All right. <laughs> Thanks to Vince for coming on the show. Super fun talking to him. Make sure you go check out the Irie Kitchen right off of M6 and Kalamazoo Avenue if you're in the Grand Rapids area. And uh, check me out at www.ChristopherTallon. That's with two L's, ChristopherTallon.com. Love you guys. Bye.